money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Are you sure you're ready to talk money? I am, because we have our daughter back in the studio today. Oh, that's exciting. It's always exciting. It is. She's teaching us stuff. We ran out of guests, so we brought Mercedes in. Is is that what I went on? I like to think I'm like the most privileged guest, you know? Absolutely. I don't take too many guests home with me and feed them dinner after. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I don't want that to be a trend, you know? Well, Well, welcome to the show where we talk about the hard issues around money. My name is Dave Van Oppen. My wife, Reb, is here with me. And we've got our daughter, Mercedes, in the studio with us. And, and in a sense, we're, we're having this conversation. It's been a bit of an ongoing conversation because, really, the, the bottom line is, is I don't understand your generation, Mercedes. And I'd really like to get a little bit of understanding around the where your generation's at and how they relate to money. And so if you're listening to the show and you're in that kind of 50-year-old to maybe a 35-year-old, you're in that generation where you've got some kids maybe coming up behind you and you're going, boy, they think about money differently than I do. And and we can relate to that. We were having this conversation about, you know, when I went to college, all of the guys that I went to school with, I was in the trades, spent all of their grant money on tools. And we're going to dig into <laughs> what the perspective there is, is there in terms of money. But before we do, we have a scripture verse yes actually mercedes and i were having uh planning that uh last week's show on today's show um and we found this great verse that we thought was i don't know if we're going to take it out of context a bit but we (laughs) thought it was very interesting how we can apply it to uh, furthering our education so Mm -hmm. i'm going to read it in two um versions so it's proverbs 17 verse 16 and it's the niv Why should fools have money in hand to buy wisdom when they are not able to understand it? And then in the message it says, What's this? Fools out shopping for wisdom? They wouldn't recognize it if they saw it. And when Mercedes and I were talking about it, we're like, well, how interesting is this that you can go to further your education and you're going to spend money to gain wisdom, Mm -hmm. but you don't really recognize it when you see it because... Gaining wisdom isn't necessarily going to happen at you know at by paying for tuition. You can't buy wisdom, mm-hmm. and then when you try and buy it, you don't understand it. And I was thinking about, and we ha- started talking about this maybe a bit last week, but you know when you go just to get a degree because that's what you're told to do because mm-hmm. that's what people do, and you're dishing out all this cash, and in the end, you don't really know where you're headed with it or why you're getting it or what you're going to do with it. You're just told, you know, the university degree is the new uh, high school degree, so I better just go pay all my thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And at the end of four years, you're so in debt and you have no career. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that is just not wise. And it's just interesting in terms of this verse. Why are we shopping for wisdom? Why are we going and shopping for it, paying money for it, 
when we really should step back and think about why we are doing what we're doing as far as our education after mm-hmm. high school. What's the purpose? Where am I? And it's a hard question because in my ge- like years, I still had, I was one of the last ones to have grade 13 in Ontario. We were a full year older mm-hmm. than you were when you went to university. Mm-hmm. And some kids my age still didn't know if it was the right thing to do and took their parents' money and spent it. And it was just like, even back then I was like, is this really wise to spend all this money and you don't quite know why you're doing it? Now I am an academic kind of person. So I never think education's a waste because lots of people said my own family members said to me, you know, what are you going to, what, what, go get a degree? You know, I got my journalism, political science degree. Why get that when you're just going to settle down and have kids? Well, I just about plowed that person (laughs) because I was like, Education is never a waste. Yeah. So that, but now education is up so much more yeah. expensive, and you have to really think about what you're doing. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought it was an interesting verse. I'm not calling everybody out there fools who goes and gets a degree <laughs> because I love. If I could, I would go back. I'd get yeah. my master's, and I would. I would love that. But well, and I think about it like this: like you wouldn't make a forty thousand dollar investment that you were unsure of the return. And that's about what an education costs these days. It's about ten grand a year. I'm not including living costs, so that's a pro- that's mm-hmm. just tuition. That's just tuition fees. Mm-hmm. Um so and it depends on your province. In Ontario we have the highest tuition fees in Canada. So the average student pays about eight grand. If you're in a program like engineering, it's like more like twelve or thirteen. It's mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. more expensive. Um but and again, that doesn't include books or living costs or anything like that. So I wouldn't necessarily advise making an investment that's $40,000 into something that I wasn't pretty sure that I could get a good return on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of something that I think is a priority. And that's, that's a great, great perspective uh, in a sense of we our education is truly, you know, we talk about the house being one of the biggest investments that, that we make in terms of in our lives. And, and that's true. But education as an 18-year-old going, I'm going to spend $40,000, that's a pretty significant investment mm-hmm. decision that you want to say, well, I, maybe I should look at this. And wisdom would say, hey, let's look at this and make sure that there are things as, is, as an investment that you want to, in a sense, guarantee at least the return of your principal, which mm-hmm. would be the cost, right? Yeah. You'd like to make more <laughs> as <laughs> yeah. with any investment. We, yeah. we want to see a growth. So, so great way to look at it in terms of if this is an investment, then am I going to spend or am I going to get? So how does that play into OSAP then? Because, again, uh, a lot of times with investment, um, you're not actually investing your own money when, right. when you apply and get OSAP. It's, uh, so what you know, is OSAP, just for anyone who doesn't know? So it's the Ontario Student Loan Association. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically you get I, you apply as a student in Ontario and you can either get grants or loans depending on, um, depending on how old you are will change your application, but my application will depend on how much my parents make a year, and that will determine how much money I receive from mm-hmm. the government, um, both in loans and in grants. Um, and a pretty recent um, thing established by the Liberal government is an increased um, grant to students in Ontario, especially low-income students, so mm-hmm. um, students who either themselves um, are mature students that aren't making, I think it's under $50,000 a year, um, 
And or if you're not a mature student, then it will be based on your parents' income. So if your parents make less than fifty thousand dollars a year, then um, you wouldn't receive grant money, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you would receive you more grant. Yeah, yeah. And more. that is the new shift for yeah. this year. So essentially, if your parents make under a certain wage, um, mm-hmm. you get free tuition for the year. Right, and mm-hmm. and again, that's. You know, when you're investing, investing in your education, and you've got the 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 grant coming in, saying, "Hey, it's it's paid for. I don't even have to pay it back," which is amazing. Which is mm-hmm. certainly a huge opportunity we have here in in Canada. But it also then begs the question: Are you investing even that someone else's money into something that's going to be a payoff? Right. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, in a sense, supposed to help you achieve your 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 career goals yeah exactly and I, I actually watched a really interesting ted talk a couple of days ago um and she was just talking about stop pursuing what you're passionate about and like start working the opportunities that are in front of you um because wow. we get so obsessed with um and concerned about not knowing what our real passion or drive or purpose in life is and she's like you just got to start making decisions mm-hmm. because it, once you start to do that and i think University can be an expensive way to find yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find yourself, take a year and go travel the world and backpack around or or get a job. And, and do it for less than $10,000. Do it 10, for 000. less than $10,000. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, it's a really, I, I don't, I mean, here we are raising our own kids. Mercedes is 20 years old and she's the oldest of our five kids. And so um, Zach is just going to be leaving home and going to university this fall. And, you know, you two have, are pretty like, okay, this is where we want to go. You kind of knew that when you were 14 already almost. <laughs> so, um, but our, you know, our other children, one's 15 and she's not so sure what, where she's headed. And it, it, it's not an easy, mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing to parent and I, and not an easy thing for you, you guys to decide and to figure out. And yeah, do you, do you take some university courses, take few and see if you're interested or, you know, how do you, uh, how do you, how do you do that? I, I don't know what the answer is other than university is an expensive route to take if you're not sure. Yeah. Um, but yet, you know, our generation, there are some folks I just talked to recently, you know, she's this one woman my age said, you know what, I was intending to go back after I started working and I just never did. And there's that idea that, well, if you start working, you're not going to go back to school. That wasn't your case because you took a gap year and worked mm-hmm. and Zachary has taken a gap year and worked. And I, I that- think, again, it depends. I th- My personal opinion on this is if you take a year off and you don't want to go back to school, then you shouldn't be going anyways mm-hmm. um, because... If you're well, content and, and happy I, in the place that you're in. And I think the gap year, you know, we've had that conversation, you know, in the sense of your gap year was actually preparation for your school. Mm-hmm. So it was just the same as high school is in a sense that last year of high school, that grade 12 year is really preparation for what you're going to do in university. You tailor your courses, you start thinking about it, you go meet with a, a counselor at school to, to kind of, mm-hmm. okay, where are you going to head, right? And is there, in a sense, that gap year is, well, I'm going to prepare financially. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to build up some savings. I'm going to take advantage of maybe some life opportunities that that might come up. And and the end goal is still to go to school for you. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. the end goal then was, okay, I've... 
you know, I've got that uh, financial preparation going on. And again, that goes back to the scripture. We didn't read that one today, but, you know, when it says, Jesus says in the New Testament, you know, a wise man wants to build a tower. So what does he do? He calculates what the cost is because he doesn't want to run out halfway through the tower and have people make fun of him, right? Like right. Yes. They'll call him a fool because he didn't do his preparation. And I think for, for my generation, that pressure on you, your generation, Mercedes, is this is the way it's got to go, and we're going to get there, come credit or not. Well, but it's interesting. I want to tie back to what the last thing you had just said was, you know, you're saying if you don't know, don't go spend the money and get in debt for it. If you if you're happy and content where you are in your work and your mm-hmm. and our generation would tell you no way, go get an education so you can get a better job so you can yeah. Well, that's because we don't want you living in the house until you're 35. Well, that's but. part of it. <laughs> right. And but but this is the discussion we even had started having last week. Some of the priorities might be a little different for for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think for sure that's the case. I don't think that I think there's a lot of pressure on my generation to make a decision about what they want to do in terms of career. Um, and maybe I don't know if this is the case when you guys went to school, but um, university educations used to be something you'd go and get a university education, you could get a job right after that was, and yes. you could make pretty good money with that job, and you could stay in that job for 30 years and you could have one career your whole life Uh, my generation realizes this is not going to happen anymore Mm. it just won't Mm. we will have many career changes we'll probably go back to school multiple times for different um, opportunities um, based in our work experiences and all that kind of stuff so I don't I think our priorities are different because we understand that a university education does not guarantee a job ever Mm -hmm. you know not even if you know the field you know it's really about who you know at the end that will get you a good job and even that job might end in five ten years and you will have to go do something else so and so just to interject mercedes has finished her second year we didn't say that at carlton university and she took a gap year we we've helped where we could but um our kids pay their way Mm-hmm. Uh, for their schooling, and um, we help them in small ways, maybe not so big ways, and they've saved up their young lives for it. And at this point, Mercedes is debt-free, mm-hmm. continues to be debt-free. And I she's, think she's got more money in her bank account than I do, I but think anyway. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, she says it to us often. <laughs> Don't worry, Mom, I probably got more money than you do. But, uh, but she's also, it's allowing her the opportunity to go study Russian in Russia, mm-hmm. which is pretty exciting exciting uh, this summer and um, you just have a lot of opportunities and when you said that your generation you know may go back to school multiple times the opportunities for education are so big because yeah. you can just go online I, I actually talked to a lady my age again the other day and I said have you ever thought you know you didn't go back to school but have you ever thought of doing it now because there's online classes you could start with and see if you liked it mm-hmm. and she just never thought of it but the opportunities as we've home educated there's so much online opportunity mm-hmm. to learn and get credit and and well, and even s- yeah, and even self-teach, right? Yes. So you, we have access to tons of academic research, articles, videos, like pretty much anything you Ted could possibly talks. Ted, Ted talks, talks. Ted <laughs> talks, yeah. So again, all that stuff kind of contributes to this whole idea that we have an unlimited amount of information that 
you can become an expert. And and I think um, becoming more entrepreneurial is, as a side is becoming really common and more popular mm. in my generation because you're like, well, I know I can make passive income if I am an expert on this thing that I'm interested in. And, and create I YouTube can videos. Create YouTube <laughs> videos about it. Like, seriously. like, And some people make that their career and what they do for a living because it makes them such good money and they're good at it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that... And I don't of, even understand that. So, I you know, know. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I need the, the Mercedes generation to actually go, hey, I'll sit in front of a YouTube camera and do it. But don't ask me to post it or figure out how to make money off it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as we're looking at this, I mean, one of the things that we talk about this show a lot is just, in a sense, getting down to the the brass tacks, the the cash flow, and how do we actually navigate through the day-to-day transactions, the day-to-day stressors of Mm -hmm. interacting with money. Mm -hmm. And so, as a student, Mercedes, you know, you took a gap year, you've got a, a chunk of money, in a sense, in savings that you are drawing down as as the months go by how do you manage that just practically share share with the listeners so the first thing i do usually is at the beginning of the school year well or the beginning of the year so once a year i sit down and i look at how much cash i have in my bank account and then i look at how much i'm expecting to get from my loans and stuff like that that year or the grants Mm -hmm. um or scholarships or whatever and then i fit that all into a nice spreadsheet which is more than enough spreadsheet. And uh, I, I, I plan out for the year what I'm going to spend every month and what I have total to spend and what I think is reasonable that's going to get me through the rest of my education. Um, and, then, and then after that, I look at, uh, I do kind of a week or monthly check-in with myself to say, okay, I pay myself once a month. So I transfer money from one account to another account. And when my checking account is empty, that's it. I'm done for the month. I'm mm-hmm. like So if you need food, you call your friends. Yeah. And <laughs> I've literally said, Well, I have ten dollars and it needs to last me ten days. So <laughs> you guys figure out how that's gonna work for me. <laughs> you know, those are kinds of things that I do. Um, and then I also, um, this is something I want to get better at doing, but looking at your bank account pretty frequently because I don't use cash hardly at all. Um, So I look at my bank account uh, once every couple days to try and see, okay, what do I have in my checking account? Um, And also looking at your visa transactions. So if you do have a credit card, looking to make sure, just checking every once in a while to see, okay, what do the transactions look like? So do you pay, do you wait, because this is, you know, my Mm -hmm. financial coach kicking in here, right? Do you wait till the end of the month to pay that or do you pay that as you go? No, I pay it as I go. So if I know I've put a charge on my credit card, I usually try and pay it as soon as it shows up on my bill. Yeah. So does it bother you if you can't do it? Like, would that bother you if you couldn't pay it? Yeah. Yeah. The debt bothers you. Yeah. Yeah, it would bother me. So I just try and pay it right away so I don't... And again, like I use my credit card as a tool, so I don't spend money on my credit card that I don't have um, because that's not a good investment. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but back just back to your... So, so if uh, a student is out there or parents are listening... Um, one of the tools is, you know, set yourself a spending plan, look mm-hmm. ahead, figure out what you're going to need every month as you go to school. But I know you and you haven't like you, you're frugal, but you're not like so tight that you can't enjoy life. No, so I you, enjoy life very much when I'm at school. <laughs> but you're when you sat down with your dad at the start of your university experience, you made sure you included money that you could go buy a coffee with or yeah. 
um, and and, and, and accounting yourself. for like it's important to account for social spending because it will be more than you think it will be. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, oh, I can spend thirty bucks on coffee a month. No, you can't. Like right. maybe you can. I can't do that. You know, like I go out you a couple times a month. Have your mother's habit. Starbucks <laughs> you know, I like. Habit, I like. Yeah. I like going and having dinner with people, and um, so a lot of that stuff kind of plays into how much money you're spending. But it does mean that I don't spend money on clothes because I don't have money to do that. So I, you pick. You pick mm-hmm. the things that are important to you, and you know that if you have to buy, you know, groceries this month, then you can't go out to eat every single night. You know. So there's kind of some of those things. You just have to kind of think about how, and you'll get into a rhythm too the first couple of months of school if you've never been to school before. Um, you can kind of guess, and then the first couple of months you'll be like, oh, okay, that's not enough. Like I thought 20 bucks would be enough. And, but, but and that, do you have conversations with, with your peers in the sense of, because there's there's a significant amount of social pressure. I mean, again, I if I think back to my education experience, which I only remember half because the other half was spent you know, kind of in dubious places uh, that I don't really remember how I got there or how I got <laughs> home. And so, you know, looking at that and saying, you know, even the, the cost of going out on a Friday night to party or, or going out on a Wednesday night to party or whatever night yeah. you happen to be going out to party. I mean, there's a certain amount of social pressure that we all experience there. How do you guys talk about it? Does money conversations come up with you and your friends? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm friends with a pretty solid group of girls and guys and we talk about like we just talk about money or they'll be like oh sorry guys like I can afford to go out one time this month so you got to pick where you're going um I mean and it depends so my friends and I had first year this habit we'd go out every week um to different places around Ottawa to try it out because we were getting to know the city it's kind of a fun thing to do we did not do that so much this year (laughs) a little too pricey for for us at the end of the day or we but you kind of make allowances so there'd be certain times we would go out and spend quite a bit or we'd say okay let's go for tea somewhere Mm -hmm. you know so that part is thinking of a, a different option yeah because for you you weren't going and dipping into next month's spending plan right exactly because you knew that if you went and spent it you wouldn't be eating the last week of Uh you're right Mm -hmm. yeah that is and and it's like you said and dave and i have uh we teach this up more than enough we have to change our language it's not that you don't have the money you're just spending it so you're not buying clothes because going out socially is more valuable Mm -hmm. to you than having brand new clothes exactly and you're telling the money where to go and 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 making in a sense you are master of that as opposed to you know that that money mastering you yeah exactly yeah so, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that some of your friends have part-time jobs, and of course that comes mm-hmm. into the whole play of, of that social thing. Well, uh, you know, again, we have really no trouble saying in a conversation, well, I'm working on Tuesday night, so I can't go party. Um, it's a little more difficult to say, um, I'm not working on Tuesday night, and I don't want to spend the money on a party, right? Yeah, and, and again, that depends on how close you are with the person. So some of my friends, as we've gotten to know each other, it's very much like, yeah, we're just straight up like, I'm broke, guys. Like, I can't go, you know. Um, and that's totally an acceptable if, if you tell people that, they're very understanding. We're all in the same boat. No one can afford to go out. But we kind of do it anyways. So there are times when you do it anyways. And then there are times when you're like, you know what? I can't this time, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think for me, it's recognizing that people are very understanding of that. And if you tell them, they're probably in the same boat as you because we're all students, you right. know? <laughs> right. So 
We're all in the same ship that's sailing towards debt. <laughs> so you, so if, uh, just to recap, so, you know, people need a spending plan. You look at your bank account regularly. You pay your visa off. And mm-hmm. you said even to me last week, you know, even if you have to make the minimum payments, just make it an automatic thing. So you're making payment because as we... And don't tell your dad because he'll get mad at you for paying interest <laughs> on your at school on a high interest credit card. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah that, mm-hmm. that, is, that is a bit... Of, but you know what? But do tell your dad. Don't say that. I can't believe you just said that on the radio. Tell your dad. I mean, or tell someone that you can be accountable to. Because at least when Mercedes sat down to do this, she sat down with Dave and said, okay. And Dave is the one that said, don't be so frugal that you have no wiggle room because you know you're going to go out for coffee. You know you're going to have a social life. Mm -hmm. So talk to somebody. Don't do this on your own. See, See, that was... Good, I okay, got so it. and if you're a parent <laughs> listening, again, they they may not come to you, and that's okay. Yeah. Send them to somebody that you trust or that they can trust to do that. Because again, sometimes it's as a parent, the, you know, your children don't at the beginning necessarily want to hear from you. They might come across in that second or third year university saying, you know what, my parents, the message they were saying to me, I'm now kind of catching yeah. that, and, and I'll come back. But because for sure. if they do get into credit trouble on their visa card, which mm-hmm. does happen, mm-hmm. yeah. they want a safe place to come and talk. And yeah. it's not that you're to rescue them and pay off their visa. Yeah. Because if you don't teach them responsibility for that, then you have to come up with a plan with them and help them Mm -hmm. in a non-judgmental way. And this is the hard part because your kid is going to come to you and they'll see that they've spent it on all kinds of things you would never spend it on. Mm -hmm. And as my one of my kids said to me this week, sometimes your judgment's on your face, mom. I mean, we don't have to say anything. It comes across on our face. Yeah. And, And, And if you and like if you as a parent think, man, I can't, I can't not judge my children then then tell them just be like listen you need to go find a safe place that is not me <laughs> and not <laughs> you know? your friends right. and, and right. not yeah. your friends and yes. someone and someone that is going to be able to really sit down with you because i mean as a student you're going through all these things for the first time mm-hmm. you're figuring out how to pay bills you're doing you're laundry doing laundry <laughs> you know this it's really big and scary and so the simpler it is for them the better and sometimes they can get behind on payments on credit cards because they just forgot or they mm-hmm. made a mistake or they just forgot. Like, yeah. we're absent-minded as students. So um, I think that's the important part is recognizing that, you know, if you move into this place where it doesn't have to permanently affect your relationship talking about money. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you as a parent or if you as a kid don't feel comfortable talking to each other, communicate that with each other, you know, like, Mom, Dad, I just can't, you know, talk to you about this. It's and, too and stressful. And giving each other grace. Giving grace. I mean, it's it's hard. And I know that listeners are thinking, oh, man, this is just too big. But then literally find that the pastor, find someone accountable. If there's a money finance Bible study at your church, find someone in there. Well, come or- on. Go online. Or come to more you know, than enough. Go online. Uh, there's, uh, and there are. I would, I, you know, we're coming to the end of the show, and I think there, there is one thing that, you know, it is totally attainable to, to graduate from university debt-free. I mean, that in, in terms of education, so if those of you that are listening that are younger and are in university and say, you know what, yes, like let's open up the possibility that that can actually happen, but it's not going to happen organically. Mm-hmm. It, That's intentional. Educating yourself in the same way that you 
you're at school learning a career or a trade or, or whatever it is, use the opportunity to learn the life skill of how to handle money, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a great opportunity. You make mistakes. Okay, you make mistakes. You've got a lifetime to correct them. Yeah. <laughs> so let's end on that note. Rebecca? Yes. Can you just pray? Sure, I'm glad to. Father, we are just so grateful to you that you give us a different perspective, that you give us uh, people around us that we can talk to. Lord, I pray for the listeners, that um, the parents, that you would give them grace and and the uh, ability to open conversations with their children, even when they're young. Because when they're young, it'll be easier to... to have those conversations when they turn 18 and 19 and 20 because we've already been having them at home. Lord, I thank you for what you've taught David and I and Mercedes and for the grace that you've given to her as she's walked through her education these few years. We just thank you for this chance to be on CHRI and to share uh, your good news. In Jesus' name. All right. So thank you, Mercedes, for coming in and and, um, speaking to all of the listeners just about where you're at in in your money story and your career around uh, education and money. Um, If you need a copy of the show, morethanenough.ca, they're posted there. If you uh, can't get there, chri.ca has them. And finally, if you want to listen to the podcast, have it right in on your smartphone. We're on iTunes and download the podcast and and share it again. If if you're an adult and you um, want to share this with your with your kids, then do that because uh, well, that's what it's all about. So why don't you join us next week when we talk money? Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.